In the previous episode, as a practitioner, we evaluate the symptoms. So if somebody is excessively tired, then we might be saying, oh, okay, well, maybe it is the coenzyme Q10 that's depleted, as that is a major factor in the energy production. Yeah. Ultimately, sometimes the symptoms will be kind of elusive. It will not be all that like in your face, oh, I'm so tired, so therefore I'm missing B12 or coenzyme Q10. Other times the symptoms might be different and we might not know. But one thing we could do is evaluate the medication. Welcome to Reinvent Healthcare, a podcast for health and wellness practitioners passionately committed to transforming our current broken disease-focused system. Your host, Dr. Rita Marie Los Calzo, is devoted to helping you get results with complex health challenges like autoimmune, hormonal imbalances, and chronic health challenges caused by nutritional and lifestyle-induced imbalances. Here's your host, Dr. Rita Marie. Welcome back to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast for health and wellness practitioners who are passionate about making a difference. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how the Dutch test can be used as a tool for evaluating energy metabolism. If you're a health practitioner who really wants to help people to get well, not to just cover up symptoms, not to just apply protocols, whether nutritional or pharmaceutical, we are doing a live event that's just right for you. It's called Functional Nutrigenomics in Clinical Practice. And it's all about how you can learn the genetic testing you can do with people to help you to personalize their diet and lifestyle plans. And when you put that together with your typical really great functional history and lab testing, you're gonna have all you need. So join us for an online virtual event that you can attend from anywhere. It's June 2nd to 4th, 2023. And you can get there by going to nesliveconference.com. That's nesliveconference.com. And we'll also put the link on the show notes page. So let's just jump right in and talk about what the heck is a Dutch test. So as most of you probably already know, Dutch stands for Dried Urine Test for Comprehensive Hormones. It's basically a test that we can do with our clients to help determine how their steroid hormones are working. And what the heck do steroid hormones have to do with energy? A lot. So this is just one of the tools that we can use to evaluate whether there's some errors in the energy metabolism and then determine how we can correct those. So one of the steroid hormones that's intimately connected with energy metabolism is cortisol. Cortisol is produced, as you know, by the adrenal glands. And when we measure the cortisol output from the adrenal glands, we get a sense of where the person is in regards to adrenal dysfunction. And that has a very big impact on energy. So cortisol, right, stress hormone. So some of the things we can look at on the Dutch test are how well is the cortisol metabolizing? How is the cortisol level varying from time to time throughout the day, which it should per the circadian rhythm. So we look at cortisol and the measurement of cortisol on the Dutch test is different from some of the other tests available. Some conventional doctors will test blood cortisol levels. 
Unfortunately, they usually just test blood cortisol first thing in the morning. That doesn't give you an idea of how well the cortisol levels are faring throughout the day. When we look at it in the saliva, there's other tests that check cortisol in the saliva, and there's usually four to six different measurements throughout the day. And we compare the cortisol output to what's expected, what it should be according to the circadian rhythm. Another method for testing cortisol is with a 24-hour urine test. I don't know about you, but compliance on 24-hour urine tests for me has been abysmal. People forget to carry their bucket around. People go pee and forget to pee into the bucket. And sometimes it takes a week or two before we can get a decent test. If you're running this test on a female and it's supposed to be done some at a particular point in the menstrual cycle, you may have missed the window and have to start all over again a month later. So with the cortisol in the dried urine, they're basically peeing on these little strips of paper. You let those strips dry and then you send them into the lab. Like the saliva, it's done at periodic times throughout the day. Unlike the saliva, and an advantage over saliva is that you can look at metabolites, not just the free cortisol in the urine, which is a really great advantage because when you can look at the metabolites, that's basically telling you how well the body is doing at getting rid of the cortisol. So we get an indirect measure of how much cortisol the adrenals are actually producing. Versus if we just look at the free cortisol, which is a small fraction of how much cortisol is actually being made, we don't get the full picture. The cool part about this test is when we look at the metabolites in comparison to say the total cortisol, the free cortisol, if those metabolites are much higher or much lower, it tells us a few things about the metabolism. If the metabolites are much lower than the cortisol, someone may have a sluggish metabolism. That might be reflective of how well the thyroid hormones are functioning. And as we know, thyroid is intimately connected with energy metabolism. It's the, the basically the control of the thermostat on every cell. So when we look at those metabolites and they're high, we're actually looking at, oh, the body is eliminating more of the cortisol than it's actually using. We may have increased clearance which could be a hyperthyroid situation, or more commonly, a situation where a person's on thyroid medication, but they're over-medicated. So you can see right away, there's so many things that you can get just by measuring cortisol and its metabolites. The other thing that's cool about this test is that it measures cortisone. And cortisone is a storage form of cortisol. And when we look at the pattern of cortisone and cortisol throughout the day, they should be roughly similar. They should follow the same pathway. When they don't, again, it tells us a little bit about the metabolism. So when there's more cortisone than there is cortisol, it's saying that the body is favoring the cortisone over the cortisol and it's converting more of the cortisol into cortisone, which by the way happens in one way in the kidneys and one way in the liver. So we have to have good liver and, and kidney metabolism to see the proper ratio between them. But one of the things that we might see is that the body is favoring cortisone as opposed to cortisol, which 
oftentimes is a protective mechanism that the body's trying to keep the levels of cortisol lower because there are downsides of excess cortisol, as you probably know, right? Elevating blood sugar, elevating blood pressure. There's a lot of things that can happen with too much cortisol. So when we see that ratio off cortisone to cortisol, there's a lot there that we can unpack as far as energy metabolism. And then the last piece of the cortisol picture on this test is the what's called the cortisol awakening response. And that's when you do the Dutch plus test. And the Dutch plus test actually has saliva and dried urine. The advantage of the dried urine, as I said, is you can measure the metabolites, which you can't measure in the uh, saliva. But also, the cortisol awakening response allows us to see very precise measurements of when the cortisol is going up. So what do we mean by cortisol awakening response? So when you wake up, the first thing, like seconds after waking up, literally, we don't want a person to wait any longer. We tell them to keep the kit right by their bedside and spit into the, the kit thing or chew on it, whatever the instructions might say at this point in time. And you basically are catching a saliva sample. And then at precisely a half an hour later, we do it again. And precisely a half an hour later, we do it again. And then there's other measurements throughout the day. But those are the critical ones to get the cortisol awakening response. What we should see is that the cortisol is lower when you first wake up. Within a half an hour, it reaches its peak. And then a half an hour later, it comes back down. And there's a very specific curve that it should follow. We get a lot of great information about the cortisol levels and the energy levels when we do a cortisol awakening response in combination with the cortisol in the dried urine where we get the metabolites. And this gives us a really big picture some reasons for the cortisol awakening response to be off or depression and PTSD and other things that affect the body's reaction and response to stress. So the Dutch test has a remarkable number of things. And I don't expect that in hearing me talk about these things, you're going to be able to become an expert in the cortisol test. There's a lot of resources that you can find about the Dutch test. And you know, one is in our nutritional endocrinology practitioner training, we have a module that has multiple videos and multiple explanations of all of these things with visuals. The other thing is on the, the Dutch test site, the precision analytical site, there are some videos there that help you in order to understand this. But if you're not doing a Dutch test, in your patients who are presenting with chronic fatigue, exhaustion, the tiredness, or sluggish function, not just like, oh, I'm tired, I you know, want to take a nap all day, but sluggish function of their organs and glands, as we've talked about in previous podcast episodes. If you're not doing this test, you're leaving out some important information that you could use to help to figure out why is this person so tired? So moving on to other things that you can examine and see and get good information about in the Dutch test are sex hormones. And sex hormones are important to look at, you know, yes, from the standpoint of energy, but, you know, more importantly, from like what's happening with their variety of their different um, 
hormones related to menstrual cycles, andropause, menopause, etc. So with the sex hormones, we don't just get here's your level of estrogen, here's your level of progesterone, here's your level of testosterone. We get a lot more than that. We get metabolites, similar to what we get with the cortisol metabolites, and we get ratios between the hormones. So you can have somebody who has very low estrogen, but also very low and even lower progesterone, and you would call that person estrogen dominant. And that can create all kinds of havoc in the body. We want to look at the sex hormones related to the male and female, right? What's the ratio between the estrogen and the testosterone? Is this a female who's testosterone dominant, which might lead to things like PCOS, which leads to sluggish metabolism and weight gain and problems with the menstrual cycles, oftentimes infertility, sometimes things and oftentimes things like acne and facial hair in females. So we want to be able to look at those things in relationship to the rest of the history and the rest of the testing that we're doing on energy metabolism. The other piece that is super important that you just cannot get when you do blood tests or a saliva test is the metabolites. And why is this important? Well, when we have an elevation of the dangerous metabolites, the 4-hydroxyestrone, the 16-hydroxyestrone, in relationship to the protective metabolites, the 2-hydroxyestrone, then we have a particular stress on the body. We have the risk of DNA damage. We have the risk of oxidative stress and leading to various kinds of cancers. So those are really super, super important to look at. On the male side, we have to look at the alpha reductase activity. There's an enzyme called 5-alpha reductase. And what it does is it converts the testosterone downstream to various metabolites, some of which, again, like on the female side, can be detrimental and dangerous. So for example, if we have an excess of 5-alpha reductase, we're going to see males who have an increased level of DHT, dihydrotestosterone. And that's the dangerous metabolism. That's the one that can contribute to things like prostate cancer. Oftentimes, we can correct these things by looking at nutrients. So 5-alpha reductase can be a problem because of elevated levels of zinc. So if you ever heard that males with low levels of zinc have a higher risk of prostate cancer, this 5-alpha reductase is an important piece of it. The 5-alpha reductase also plays into the ratios of progesterone, but we don't see that many discrepancies and disparities in the progesterone area as we do in the testosterone area. So it's really important. And what we find is oftentimes if somebody has too little of the 5-alpha reductase, which doesn't happen all that often, I've seen it a few times, then what we have is a lowering of energy levels. There are specific drugs that are 5-alpha reductase inhibitors that actually cause fatigue and brain fog, which is what we're trying to fix when we're looking at the improving the outcomes of energy metabolism. So those are kinds of things. Like I said, we don't see that as often as we see excess of 5-alpha reductase. Again, zinc is an important nutrient. 
omega-6 fat GLA is an important nutrient there. And um, some herbs can be helpful in balancing that out. So these are kinds of information that you're not going to get by running testosterone, estrogen, and progesterone. And oh, by the way, when we run that in the blood, we just see estrogen as one number, right? We don't see E1, E2, E3, estrone, estradiol, and estriol. And those make a big difference in terms of the, the stress on the body, which can have an effect on energy metabolism. So you can see how complicated this is and how important this Dutch test can be in helping you to unpack the underlying causes of and then help people to overcome the chronic fatigue symptoms that we often see. So the last piece I want to talk about in terms of the sex hormone report is methylation. And we know about methylation, the MTHFR genetic SNP. People with that tend to have low energy. They have excess uh, homocysteine. They have lowered levels of liver detoxification, amongst other things, and lower levels of DNA repair. So this particular test will give you the ratio between the 2-hydroxyestrone and the 2-methoxyestrone, which is a methylation. That gives us an idea of how well some of our B vitamins might be doing. How are we doing with methylation factors? And the last piece that we're going to look at is organic acids. Now, there's a subset of organic acids done in the Dutch test. It's not as complete as if you were to run an organic acid test, say, from Genova Diagnostics or Great Plains Labs or some of the others. But these are important ones to give us some energy. When we run a full organic acid test, say, with Precision Analyticals or with Genova, we're also going to see Krebs cycle metabolism, and we know how important that is. And that's the subject for another talk. So the B vitamins, super important. There are several organic acids that we can see that were related to B vitamins. And we know B vitamins have a lot of functions in the body, and it gives us an idea of how well some of these B vitamins are doing, in particular, vitamin B12. We know that vitamin B12 cannot be measured effectively in serum. So the gold standard is methylmalonic acid in urine. So we can look at how's the methylmalonic acid. If it's elevated, it means that there's not enough B12 to be able to clear it, to clear the methylmalonic acid, which is a neurotoxin. So we can tell, do we have a problem with vitamin B12 by looking at these organic acids? There are others that are B6 markers. And we know B6 is so super important for all of our hormones. It's involved in many of the neurotransmitter pathways, and we need optimal B6 to have good energy. So the two different markers for vitamin B6 are chiurinate and xanthurinate. And there's a complicated picture. We put the diagrams in our nutritional endocrinology module, where you go into way more detail on this, but really important for you to know that these particular markers are not looking at the serum B6. They're looking at the functional levels of B6. And the interesting thing about both of those is either if they're high, too high, or too low, it can indicate that there's a B6 deficiency. So we want to be looking at these markers to give us an idea of functionally, how's the body doing with the B12, with the B6? And the methylation will give us some other ideas of other B vitamins as well.
So these are some of the, the organic acids. There's a new one that they've just recently added uh, called indican, which is a marker of how well the gut's functioning. And if the gut has a lot of dysbiosis going on, and we know that dysbiosis, poor microbiome control, contributes to energy metabolism. We know that we need to have good gut health in order to absorb the nutrients we need for energy metabolism. So this is called indican, and it's a sign of putrefaction going on in the, in the gut. It has to do with the metabolism of tryptophan, and it gives us an idea that there may be some gut dysbiosis. I mean, it's not the be-all and the end-all. We may need to do some more advanced testing, like a full organic acid test or a stool test, but it gives us an idea that the gut may be playing a role in this person's fatigue, in this person's exhaustion. So super important one, and I was really excited to see that they just added this. We can also look at neurotransmitters, again, functionally, not an actual measure of serotonin and dopamine and other neurotransmitters in the urine, or it's just not accurate, but we look at metabolites of them. So there's one called HVA, homovanillic acid, and then there's another one, VMA, vanilla mendelic acid. And finally, there's one called quinolinate, quinolinic acid. And these are all byproducts of improper metabolism of neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin. And we get an idea whether they're high or low, whether one's high and one's low. There's a whole lot of interpretation that we can do based on these neurotransmitters. And we know that when neurotransmitters are not adequate, then we have depression. We can have lower energy as a result of this depression. So these are really good ways to look to see if there's some ideas or some um, indication of a person's neurotransmitter status and thus their energy status. We just have a few more to go. I want to talk about melatonin. Now, melatonin is not an organic acid. Melatonin is not a neurotransmitter. Melatonin is actually a hormone. And melatonin controls the ability to go into deep sleep. And so with low levels of melatonin, oftentimes we're going to see somebody who just can't sleep. And if someone's tired at the end of the day, they may think they slept, but if they're not getting deep enough into sleep, they're not getting into those deep restorative cycles, then they're not going to feel refreshed and well the next day. So we can look at the melatonin on the dried urine, on the Dutch test, and get an idea of how well this person is sleeping, how deeply this person is sleeping. Finally, we look at antioxidants. The antioxidants are important to look at because when we have oxidative stress on the body, it does a number of things. Number one, it tires out the poor body because the body has to spend a lot of liver energy to try to do detoxification. But number two, even more critical, is that oxidative byproducts damage mitochondria. And when we have damage to the mitochondria, we are not going to have good energy production, right? We have to have good functioning mitochondria. So the two things that this test will measure are glutathione, and it's measured again indirectly by a metabolite. And if that metabolite is either a little high or a little low or a lot high or a lot low, it suggests that the glutathione metabolism is impaired. And finally, a direct measure of a particular oxidative byproduct called 8-hydroxy-2-deoxyguanate is 8-H2G is what we often call it, or 8-H2DG. 
that is a measure of how much oxidative stress is on the body. And when we have high levels of oxidative stress, we can suspect that those poor mitochondria are getting a beaten and they're not going to be able to function the way they should. And again, the liver is going to be working hard to try to get rid of this stuff, which takes away from overall metabolic energy. So you can see that the Dutch test has a lot of things. There's a lot more to learn about the Dutch test. And it's a really practical way for you to get some information about people and help them with their metabolism, with their cortisol. Gives good indication of the HPAT axis, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal thyroid axis, and how well that's responding to stress. And is this person under a lot of stress? And is that what's contributing to their exhaustion? So this is, concludes our discussion of the Dutch test. The Dutch test is something I use in clinical practice a lot. I talk about it a lot. I teach it to my practitioners. And we find that we get some great information to help us, to help our clients to get more energy. So the more you master the art of teaching and empowering patients to use these tests, these functional tests, and also once you've identified imbalances to use the power of nutrition and lifestyle to restore their health, their energy, and balance their hormones and body functions, the more success you're going to have in your practice. When you empower your clients and patients to achieve their health and wellness goals, you're going to feel fulfilled. Your practice is going to thrive. And guess what? I don't know about you, but that's what I'm here for. I want to help people. I want to change the world. So go ahead and remember to download the energy guide we created for you. Uh, there's a lot of charts and good stuff in there at reinventhealthcare.com forward slash energy. And until next time, shine on. Thank you for listening to the Reinvent Healthcare podcast. Join the movement of practitioners that are guiding people to actually get well rather than covering up their symptoms. Connect with us at reinventhealthcare.com to access resources and tools that will empower you to create a thriving health practice.